welcome to the Refresh Podcast. Welcome back to the Refresh Podcast, a refresh look at life spiritual applications. My name is Jonas Adams, DJ Mr. Adams, DJ Joe Nasty, all that good stuff. These two guys are not DJs that I'm chilling with, Anthony Sanders and Jeff Sherrill. How you doing? What's happening? What's happening? I'm good. What's happening? How you doing, brother? Anthony, you coming in a little loud, man. Turn your mic down. All right. And I ain't starting over. So we just want to roll. <laughs> you got me good, right? Yeah, you sound pretty good. Thanks. Anthony's just a little hot. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. I need y'all to hear what I'm saying. You good? Yep. All right. You're a man. You got bass in your voice. You all good. Say it with your chest. How you guys been doing since the last, since our last communication, as they say in the business world? Nah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Tell me something that's good. happened to y'all in the, since we last talked. Jeff, I don't know something? what you considered last talked because we text. So is it last text or last time we were on? The last pod. Ah, got you. Fair enough. I celebrated I my wedding anniversary. Hey, how'd that go? Without too many details. I ain't going to give you no details. It was <laughs> we 15 years into this thing. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic right there, man. Yeah. Round of applause for that. 15 years. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you what people ask me when I tell them I've been married. And uh it's like, okay, I'm coming up. This is year nine, coming up on 10 soon. They always ask, What's your secret? Stay married. <laughs> I ain't got no secrets. Yeah, what's the secret to staying married? What's the secret to staying mm-hmm. married? I I don't know. Don't get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what, just don't get divorced. That's it. That's the only, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> like marriage is a, marriage is a wonderful thing. It's a legal thing, but it's a wonderful, and it's a wonderful thing. But if you're going to stay married, just don't go file no divorce papers. That's <laughs> point well taken, sir. We got it. Don't get divorced. If you haven't left anything today in this conversation, that's what you leave with. Don't get divorced. Were you guys able to have an actual celebration like you guys alone or did you have to bring the kids or no, did you guys we, go somewhere, uh, dinner? We went uh, We went out of town. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have this thing where um, we didn't have any children when we got married, so we don't celebrate our marriage with our children. Um, so Well said. Uh, 15 years into it a tra- tradition i guess you could call it mm-hmm. that would be the way it is until uh until the end of time or until your kids start paying for your wedding anniversaries at which point maybe they can go no <laughs> yeah i figured that it's like no your your money isn't good here no it's First not i don't if you're gonna that's, pay for if you're gonna pay for my wedding anniversary and then try to come on it I'll keep, stip- i can pay for it myself i got a yeah. good job I about to say, if that's the stipulation, then no, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you get to like, you've been, y'all been married for 75 years, here in about 50 years, 59 years, then, you know, you may not have it like you had it. And so if they decided, you know, go on your wedding anniversary with you, you need somebody to push you in your wheelchair. I'm just saying. Those who cannot see Anthony's face, <laughs> it is utter disgust with everything Jeff just said. Like nothing, nothing you're saying makes any sense to me. I don't. Nothing's registering. I don't understand how that's going to happen. He said, "I don't get it. I don't know what okay. you're talking about." If well, you're gonna, if you're gonna try to send me somewhere, 
and then come along with me. No, that's not how that goes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hear you. I, it, apparently you do. You I just don't understand. Weird. I just don't <laughs> understand. Anthony is telling you right now, you are saying words. <laughs> I know that there are words coming out of your mouth at this particular moment. Yeah. I just do not know what those words are saying to me now, put together in a sentence. That's all I got. Word, word. <laughs> Jeff, well, what's going on with you? Seems how I can't make him bring his kids on his uh, wedding anniversary trip, nor can I include him in that in his like 90s, have, oh. letting him go with him, which is fine. Um, nothing's going on. Um, everything around me is on fire. California is like burning. Like we have been under a cloud of smoke, I want to say probably for a good month. You meant literally. Uh, literally under on on fire so um yeah it's been smoky at best and looking at the, the sky is still smoky we've do, done nothing uh from that standpoint still waiting on the you know the cooler weather to come it is better now so it ain't a thousand degrees outside so that's cool but i mean other than that man all the only thing we're doing is um prepping uh for our little get away, which is Tuesday, we're leaving out of town to go get some R&R, much needed rest and relaxation for myself, especially because I've been on the go the entire pandemic. So it's kind of crazy. I read an article somewhere that said that a lady started the fires, not all of the fires, but a good chunk of the fires because she was outside trying to boil bear urine to drink sorry yeah i'm gonna repeat it because it's one of those things that needs to be repeating because you don't just get that on the first go around i had to read the article like three times um and you can guess what she looked like but um <laughs> she was outside trying to boil bear urine to drink to drink and started a fire and it got out of control and I want to say because of that fire, 144 homes were lost. And she's going to spend a good a good amount of time in prison. I can't remember how long it was, but it was, it was long, but it ain't long enough for me. But it was long. But to me, still not long enough. But I had so many questions. I'm so confused right now. I so was, I'm still am. I still am because the article didn't didn't answer any of my questions <laughs> so my I, I ain't gonna say what my first question was but one of them was why beer bear i almost said beer why bear urine uh, another question was how did you get this bear urine <laughs> there's the question that i have there's mine <laughs> and I, I had many more but yeah those are the two leading questions i had well i'm disappointed with the low population of bears in the state of california that this happened because of that like there's so many different there's so many different sources of water and that's where you went bear urine Whew. well so yeah everything in california is on fire apparently because one lady has a de delicacy that she quite enjoys, apparently. So, bear urine, y'all. Take that widget today. 
Yeah, we're just another. Two, we have made two, Anthony just utterly disgusted twice so far <laughs> in, in today's podcast. I don't know which disgusts me more: the thought of, and I love my kids, <laughs> but the thought of them being on an anniversary trip with me, or <laughs> the bear urine. This is a really, this is an existential con conversation that I'm going to have to have with myself. No, you don't. Just leave it alone. Mm-mm. I'm curious now. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Yeah, don't, like don't waste your time with that the cognitive dissonance that you're experiencing in this situation. I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? That's what. You, I, uh, that's what your face is saying. I mean, there's so much, so much confusion. A lot. There's a lot of confusion okay. in that. All right. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how are you doing, Joe? Yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, just had a, a very interesting job interview with a um company but well, uh, with a podcast called climate one and mm. it's all it's a podcast that's all about climate change and actually they're based out of california they're based out of san francisco so but this would be a remote position one one of the other people as a member of the team a young lady she is she works with them out of arizona so there's no worries that i would have to move or relocate or anything of that nature but it's uh it could be um a life-changing type of situation for me so i'm hopefully hoping that this goes well and I'll know within about a month and some change, you know, the outcome of that. But I already put it in God's hands. So I'm done with it. Here it is. I'm done with it. You found the article about the bear urine? I did. I'm sorry. I interrupted your... Uh... Both of y'all did? No, he oh, sent I... it. That's he, he said. <laughs> <laughs> we got off track from your conference. I'm sorry. I distracted y'all. Go ahead. Keep talking. Well, I, mean, God, I think it's very relevant in God's that he's, he's going to be on a, a podcast about uh, climate change and, you know, one of the reasons why California is on fire the way that it is because of climate change. I think that's really yep. a, that's a great segue, Joe. Way to, way to go. You're really good at this. So I do, man. You know what I'm saying? Look, tell them people in San Francisco, they need to come up off their paper. <laughs> <laughs> they got it up there too. They do. Yes. They got it up there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I'm glad um, to be with y'all again. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Brotherhood is the topic that was chosen today. All of us have brothers. All yes. of us are in uh, brother type of organizations. So I think that we should be able to speak about this extensively. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. When you picked the topic brotherhood, which angle did you want to tackle that from? Mr. Jeff. Well, I didn't pick the topic. Um, you, you did. I, I offered two options and you chose brotherhood. Boom. Did I really? <laughs> Dang it. So <laughs> yeah, He's got a good memory. <laughs> I don't, apparently. No, I was no. talking about me. Oh. You. This man you, just, I'm, I'm not even going to jump into that. I'm not. <laughs> I am he. he. I'm he. Um, no, I think, I, I think really what's cool about a conversation about brotherhood is this a few angles that um, I'd love for us to talk about. Um, again, kind of uh, piggybacking off of our conversation from the last time when we were talking about fatherhood, um, you know, the importance and the value of having brothers that you share with. Not everybody has a biological brother, but um, in the African-American community, brotherhood takes on a totally different definition than it would say, you know, in other communities and other uh, races and cultures. So uh, I love to talk about brotherhood from the standpoint of uh, people that we um, associate with as friends and how that looks. Um, I love to talk about our biological brothers, those of us that have them. 
um, and what that looks like. Um, and then from a standpoint of, you know, that accountability piece, which is th I think I want to end the conversation on the accountability part of what it means to be a good brother and how you support your brother. Um, those things really are critical, uh, I think, for all men. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I think men face um, in um, this culture in society in the 21st century is that a lot of brothers are going it alone, um, even with a circle of friends that, you know, could, could be there for them. A lot of brothers feel like they're going it alone. And so they find themselves in these um, issues that could, you know, really have a bad, <clears throat> bad connotation, bad negative influence on um, just their character, personalities, um, all of these things. Uh, so the accountability piece um, and having somebody that you really can lean into when you are in those spaces in life where you need someone to either check you, you need someone to um, help you up, or you need someone to be looking out for you. All of those things are very important. So I'd love to talk about it from that standpoint. Talk more to me about uh, the accountability. Because, I, I, uh, you know, we talk, we always talk about holding each other accountable. And, um, you know, when I've brought this up before, Jeff and I have had conversations about accountability. I honestly, um, I hesitate always using that term. And the reason I do is, um, you know, we we like to uh, consider ourselves spiritual people and the three of us are followers of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus kind of maybe loosely talked about accountability but when he talked about loving your neighbor and all that and um in very great detail like the word accountability didn't know it didn't frequently come up i'm not even sure that it ever came up out of his mouth um but in this society it seems like we um like to hang on to that quite a bit and you know i've been accused of i just don't want to be of not wanting to be held accountable. And I don't even know if that's true or not. I'm just not entirely certain how that um, enhances the brotherhood. I feel like I can love you guys as my brothers, love my biological brothers um, without using that word. I appreciate being checked if I'm wrong, telling me I'm wrong, but um, like what, what does that, Talk, talk to me more about that, Jeffrey. Well, I, I, you're right. Accountability being what it is, is definitely one of those situations, one of those words and terms in our society that's overused um, because it doesn't have the, uh, it, it, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, quite frankly, uh, we, I think we look at accountability from the standpoint of um, having someone to tell us no. Um, and I don't think that that's, exactly what the term is um, supposed to be used for. It's more along the lines of having someone that you can bear arms with, someone that mm -hmm. you can share the process with, someone that you can go on the journey uh, together with. And so when I look at it from a standpoint of accountability, I'm not just talking about the correction, but I'm also talking about the partnership, what it takes to go through life and have someone that you can trust with your life. Um, one of the reasons why I'm uh, Anthony and my friendship, our friendship is so strong is because I trust you not just with me. I trust you with my family. I mm -hmm. trust you in so many different circumstances that go beyond just, you know, the, the simple 
Jeff, are you doing right? Are you getting yourself together? Keep it tight, bro. Don't fall off. All of those things are great. But <clears throat> when I can in, insert you into, you know, any circumstance in my life and you're going to be there. I mean, when, when my brother passed away, your brother, too, um, quite frankly, um, mm -hmm. passed away was not even a question. The place that I went and laid my head and rest and, and all that stuff, it was in your home. Mm -hmm. And that was a part of the accountability, being there on the journey and on the walk. Um, and Jesus actually does talk about accountability um, kind of indirectly um, in the scripture in Matthew chapter 12, verses, um, verse 36. He says, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. And again, there's the more along the lines of um, basically being accountable of your language and being accountable of the things that you say. So, um, and, and if we look at that term loosely, Jesus is saying that, you know, part of accountability is making sure that we check ourselves. But um, when it comes to brotherhood, there's nothing like having someone that can partner with you on the journey. And so when I think of accountability, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. I like, how, I like the way Anthony approached it though, because as we get older, I think when you're younger, I'll start off with that. When you think about accountability and holding someone accountable, it could kind of be taken negatively as, you know, having to check somebody or needing to be checked. Mm. And as we grow older, we don't tend to make those type of same mistakes that we would when we were young. So we kind of take it as like, I don't need to be checked. If I do, it's not that often. So, but I would like to think more of accountability as when we're referencing in this topic of brotherhood, it's more along the lines of someone who is going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I know in my circle of friends from college, my circle of friends from back home, I know I have friends that are definitely going to be honest with me or accountability can be looked at from the point of not letting them make a mistake that they might not uh, know that they are making. Mm -hmm. um, it could be something as simple as, hey, man, let me get those keys. You crash in here tonight. Yeah. That's holding right. your brother. That's, that's being accountable, you yeah. know, or holding someone accountable. Um, but a lot of times we'll look at accountability as saying, you know, or telling somebody when they are wrong. But that could also be looked at as uh, telling somebody when they are right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but I mean, we and, seem to have a look of it from, you know, but, you know, when you talk about holding somebody accountable, it always it could be a, a negative tone associated with it more oftentimes than not. Um, but it's really not. It's just a matter of having people around you that even if they barely ever have to do it, you know that they are going to be honest with you if, when you need them to the most. They're not going to just tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. That's the way I would take it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think you know, in a roundabout way, those are all the definitions that I'm looking at and, and, and what I hear, especially when it comes to that, again, that brotherhood piece of it. I mean, uh, I, I grow up, I've got, I, I have two older brothers, one's passed away and I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And in my family, um, my brothers have access to me in a way that no one else will ever have, you know? And so for me, the, what Trent, my oldest brother says to me, especially when it comes from uh, him, I take it very, very seriously. 
um, whether he's checking me or he's giving me encouragement or, you know, he's lifting me up, whatever the case may be, um, that accounting in that relationship is very important to me. It's got so much value. Um, I, I, he is, for, for lack of a better term, um, for our nuclear family, the, the patriarch at this point. You know, he's, he's not that old, but, you know, he's the patriarch. My father's passed away. So the wisdom that comes from him is very important. And so if he's uh, holding me accountable to, you know, behaviors and accountable to, you know, lifestyle and accountable even to my health, I'm one to listen because he's not going to tell me something that's going to hurt me. He's not going to tell me something that's going to break me. Um, and I don't know that everybody can say that about people in their lives. And, and so I, I think that brothers need to have someone that can be that person or be that group of people for them to keep them down that path that they want to be on. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds more like reliability than accountability. In well, the I mean, sense that, well, in the, in the sense that, like what Jonas was saying, and I'm a very, y'all know me, I'm very literal um, of a person. And the literal term for accountability or holding someone accountable does kind of lean to, more towards that, you know, making sure you're doing right and not doing wrong, as opposed to some of the definitions that you guys, and I don't know that, I don't, I don't want you to think I'm saying y'all are right or wrong or. I think you're saying exactly that, but it's fine. You I mean, that's totally you. tell me I'm right. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that you're, <laughs> I'll say that you're right. But in addition, it, it seems like, um, well, it's, this is for me, right? Cause this is, I was asking the question. And so the, when Jeff is asking me or if Jonas asks me to, uh, help them be accountable, just be more, uh, be as reliable to you all as I can possibly be. And be and you know y'all you both know that y'all ain't got to worry about me being honest. <laughs> you, Very true. You you know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may not know the words that are coming, but you'll know that it's genuine. That's um, right. Uh, yeah. So all right. So as I as as y'all ask me, as people ask me, that's the way I look at it now. Because um, you know, I like Jeff. Well, like both y'all. I got biological brothers and, you know, my oldest brother and my middle brother, they're both like the upper echelon in my, in my estimation of, of wisdom, practical wisdom, practical knowledge. Um, and like Jeff does with his big brothers, um, it's, you know, not what they say is gold, but what they say is serious and what they say is real. And, um, if they're saying it, then they mean it, and it's in, it's intended to uh, to improve what it is that there's to, to improve my life in one way or another. Um, so that's I'll, I've taken mm -hmm. liability out of what y'all have said um, more than anything else. Let me ask y'all this: um, in regards to brotherhood, how do you teach it? <laughs> Now, and I ask that because, um, you know, we all have brothers, we all have children. And, you know, I've mentioned on here before that I am the, uh, the dad of the block mm -hmm. over here. I fix mm -hmm. all the bike chains. I throw footballs with all the little kids around here, freeze pops for all of them, mm -hmm. but also um, break up fights and, you know, settle arguments and make sure everybody's playing fair and all that good stuff. 
but you know, there's a lot of little kids over here that play around and, you know, I'm teaching different things in my house, you know, with my two sons in particular, since we're talking about brotherhood, I'm going to bring up my daughter, but, um, how do you teach brotherhood? And then I'll say how I teach. I don't know that I've ever, um, really thought about that. Honestly, every, you know, with what I do, I oftentimes, you know, as a, as a profession, I oftentimes have to do some education, uh, but Jeff, Jeff knows, and um, Jonas, you probably know this too, but uh, oftentimes I'm not going to tell you the conclusion that you need to come to. I'm going to either explain things best as best as I can. And at the end of it, if you got questions and you want my opinion, I'll offer it to you if you ask me for it. But at the end of the day, you've got to make this decision for yourself, um, particularly in, in the healthcare field. But um, and so in my day to day life, I try to emulate that just in just in action. So because my father, he taught me a great deal about being a brother. Um, he was he is the only boy um, out of the four kids that he grew up with and his four siblings that he has, um, you know, and, and he had to uh, lead more than one might expect just based on, on the, on what happened with their, with their household. But um, you know, he was reliable. He was available. Um, he just was and you know you saw it too and he's he's one of the reasons why um you know i have made the brotherhood connections that i've made with people that didn't that were not born of my mother you know what i mean um because i saw him interact too with um people in his in his job and people at his at his uh at, at our church and um people from our school and things like that and just so, it just, oh, that's how you interact with other people and people call you brother. Like there's if, if you grew up in Main Baptist Church, y'all called him Brother Mark. And it Absolutely. Was, it was more than just uh, a, a title of respect or, or of, uh, you know, how y'all how, how we do in the black church right, was refer, to every, refer to each other as uh as brother all the time <laughs> <My> brother. <laughs> yeah hey brother hey brother <laughs> but it was but it was real i could see that it was genuine like it was a genuine description of him um and he is one that also leads by example and um so that i, I don't know jailness i think that's the best answer i can give you is that i try to lead by example to show them like this is how i interact with my brothers and the people who call me brother this is how I interact. So this is, I hope with the, I hope it's, uh, uh, relatable and, uh, reproducible. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question or not. It does. It does. In a roundabout way. Definitely yeah. does. What you got for me, Jeff? I don't, I think he answered it. I, I really, it's about example. I don't know that you can say anything to someone about being a good brother without doing it. Is if you're talking about it and you're not doing it, then obviously your words aren't in alignment with what you're uh, what you're being or doing, and therefore you're just uh, you know it's just words. So brotherhood doesn't come from um, 
it, it doesn't come from anything that you can say to somebody. Brotherhood comes from uh, the mere fact that you demonstrate it. So uh, I'm a good brother to those that I love and care for, but I'm a good brother to those that I don't care for. I mean, you know, I'm going to keep bringing scriptures up because I think that it's uh, important, um, again, from our perspective, um, when you look at Hebrews 13 and one, it says, let brotherly love continue and do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so you have unwittingly entertained angels. And so it literally is talking about, you know, making sure that we maintain this balance where we're good, you know, good human citizens, but willing to help each other out. Um, in in any given circumstance or situation. So I think it's about demonstration. I don't think it's about explanation. That's kind of where I was going with it. Um, I don't know if there's a way that you can teach it besides just being the, being a good example of it. Um, and then you can kind of expound upon it as different certain situations come up. That's why I asked it, because it's not like a textbook thing. You know, I don't know if there's written rules to being, you know, to being a good brother or anything like that i just people know it when they see it though mm -hmm. and um when i'm outside with some of the kids and they might get into their little arguments you know our kids do they'll be fighting this minute and then they playing together the very next minute but one of the things i just stress to them and to my sons in this house is to look out for each other mm -hmm. um one of the things i have to repeat outside is that look y'all are neighbors y'all all play together any every day there's no reason ever for y'all to be fighting with each other y'all mm -hmm. stay in the exact same neighborhood doors away from each other how you gonna fight with somebody that you know you this close to mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense so y'all got to figure out a way to get along all y'all want to do is come outside and play anyway like what is there to be fighting about you know so i just stress to them like look all y'all go to the same school Y'all got to look out for each other because y'all all stay right here in the same neighborhood. So if y'all going to school and you might not know everybody at the school, but you know, the person that lives next door to you, look out for each other. Not just over yeah. here in this area, but when you out there, look out for each other. You never know what's going on. Look out for each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just something that brothers should do. Like no matter what, you know, the brother might say something that you don't like. They might tell you something that you don't like. Y'all might not always agree on everything, but look out for each other regardless. Yeah. yeah. That's another, uh, just to segue a little bit, that's another question um, from what you just said, Jonas, because like you just pointed out, we will have uh, disagreements amongst each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we all grew up with brothers and as siblings growing up in the same household. Mm -hmm. there's been some scrapping definitely definitely so the, the question especially as as, as adult males now it's well how do you manage these disagreements without <laughs> ain't enabling it <laughs> right without coming to physical without confrontation co without coming to blows but yeah. also like well, maintain maintaining that brotherhood relationship because on, oh, on one on one level, this is just to finish the thought on one level, like you pointed out, but closer, obviously, when you're in our house, like I was born like I was born from the same woman as y'all. Right. So we blood. We got that. You know, if if we just grew up together, Jonas, we grew up together. Something dumb happens. 
if I'm of the if I'm of the if I'm of a particular mindset, I'd be like, well, you're not we not blood anyway. I don't have to really deal with you no more. Mm. That'll never happen. Right. But it happens uh, though. But it does happen. So how mm-hmm. do we how do we make sure like what kind of things can we do? Cause not everybody's gonna have a 40 year relationship like we got or a 20 yeah. year relationship like me and Jeff got. I think that just I think it just comes with maturity too. Yeah. Because when you're younger, you're ready to fight over just about anything, you know, as far as physically fight. But mm-hmm. as you get older, you learn how to use your words a little better. You know how to uh, communicate a little better and get your point across a little better. And maybe, hopefully, is the key here, hopefully you are able to understand someone else a little better as well. Mm-hmm. And it's understand that this, this is the tricky part, I think. Sometimes it might be that we have a problem getting our point across, but more often than not, we have a hard time understanding somebody else's point. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they could be the, the, the best communicator in the world and they're trying their best to explain their side of whatever it is you guys might be having a disagreement about. But, you know, you just may not be trying to hear that because all you're mm-hmm. hearing is how you feel about it. <laughs> So as you get older, it's really about being able to understand, at least come to an understanding of being able to understand people that you may not agree with, you know, or somebody that's close to you. Like they, you, you guys may be having a different point of view, but sometimes even if you disagree with it, you can understand it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't feel that way, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, but that, like I said, that comes with maturity. That was one of the things I was thinking about today. I don't, I don't even know um, really what the circumstance was, but like, I don't, I have learned in life that I don't have to um, agree with you in order to understand you. Mm. Like right. I can understand your perspective and we could still be on different, on different wavelengths on it. Right. Forget different. We can be in different books, forget the different, same page. We can be in different <laughs> books on it. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's that you're right and I'm wrong or I'm right and you're wrong. It could just like, we can be different and that's okay. Right. Exactly. And you know, I don't have to hate you because of that either. Right. You know, it, it, I don't have to let it go that far just because right. we may have a difference of opinion. I think that just goes with respect as well. Just respecting people for being human beings. Mm-hmm. You know um, you would think that that would be such, so such an easy thing to accomplish but it's not, <laughs> or at least it doesn't seem to be when you look at things on a, on a nationwide scale and a global scale. I was about to say, not the way things are now. Yeah, exactly. Like you see that most people, I won't say most people, but you see a lot of, uh, this is how I feel about this and this is right. And if you do not feel this way, to hell with you. Yeah. And we just can't get anywhere with any type of attitude like that. <laughs> you know, that, that's p- pretty much like the opposite of brotherhood. If it doesn't know to bring it back around, mm-hmm. um, it's more or less about, yes, this is how I feel about it. But just because you don't you don't feel the exact same way I feel, that doesn't mean that we are enemies. Yeah. My, man, my, my lessons learned from being a. Uh, in a house full of guys. Um, we have one little sister, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm the middle of all of my siblings. Uh, I'm the middle son. Um, and I have historically had 
a very bad temper. Um, and so, and, and then on top of that, to also have, you know, be sensitive, you know, in terms of not liking to hear really anything from anyone um, that painted me in a negative light. And even if it wasn't intended to paint me in a negative light, I didn't like to be joked on, picked on anything. Um, and so, you know, I have historically had a bad temper. And so, um, you know, I, I can think of instances where I did come to blows with uh, my oldest brother my second oldest brother my youngest brother even got in starting shouting out um arguments with my sister and throwing things at her and I, I can remember all of those things um as a part of just you know the way things grew up and you know even as an adult I mean I got to a point even in my marriage where I was realizing that you know a lot of all of what I was feeling and experiencing from that anger um my, my poor temper was just you know, pent up hostility and anger for, you know, whether I felt like I was mistreated or disrespected or anything like that, never really fought back in the moment, except for when it got to a boiling point where I was just fly off the handle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, when it comes to understanding me, I had to get to a place where I was like, all right, this is not sustainable. And so, you know, seeking my own counseling, getting some counseling to work through my anger issues, to work through what I was holding inside, um, all of those things really led me to a place where I could really understand what, um, you know, drives me and what causes me to get so incensed so quickly. Um, and I was, I'm shocked that I had as many friends as I did <laughs> with the type of, with the type of attitude and anger that I carry, because I, I mean, you know, it didn't, anybody could piss me off. That wasn't a thing. Uh, and anybody could say something to me that would make me angry. Um, I think I treated people outside of my home a little bit differently than the people inside my home. So I can't say that I grew up being the best brother. I was nice. I was happy as long as I was nice and happy and no one had any problems. But, you know, if I got angry, man, it was, you know, it was World War Three and me. And I was ready to you know, come to blows because of those things. Uh, I think what I've learned over time is that, you know, again, through maturity, through recognizing what's going on with me. I can be a better person, a better brother to those that I'm with and I'm around because, you know, when something triggers me, you know, and that's a, you know, a key word, um, psychological term that's being used a lot these days, but it's, it's, it's a real word. If something triggers you and you know how it, you respond to that trigger, what do you do in place of that so that you don't cause yourself to become not such a good brother, you know, to, to not walk in, you know, the true essence of who you are? Are you allowed to get angry? Yeah. But are you mature enough to not let your anger carry you to a place that you can't come back from? I mean, you know, I, I said Cain and Abel earlier and I was kind of being funny, but even in the Bible, you know, the reason why Cain murders, murders Abel has nothing to do with Abel himself. It had everything mm -hmm. to do with Cain and the fact that he wanted to get some type of recognition from God that Cain, that Abel was getting. And so, you know, God comes to him and says, where's your brother? And he's like, and my brother, my brother's keeper. Well, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> actually, mm -hmm. you are your brother's keeper. You should have you should know where your brother is. And so it, it, that it wasn't so even even in that it wasn't an accusation from God. It was just an accusation of saying, look, you know, I know what you did and you need to come clean with yourselves. And I think that's what makes brotherhood for men in the 21st century very challenging is because a lot of men can't come to terms with who they are. Yeah. And, you know, they become this thing, you know, this 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 gross over.
overblown sense of masculinity about having to have so many different women, about having to be, you know, have the look, you know, being after the bag and have, being on your grind and hustling and all that stuff. That's not really what authentic manhood looks like. And because of um, the in inauthenticity, is that a word? Um, yep. I think so. It okay, is cool, now. thanks. <laughs> because of uh, the, the inauthenticity of, of how men are in terms of their sense of masculinity, that that's what I think has a significant and tremendous effect on how people and how men can be uh, brothers to others. And it doesn't, I mean, again, brotherhood, we, t- we can talk about brotherhood as in brothers with brothers, but the truth of the matter is, is brotherhood is about the fellowship with human humanity in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's my connection with my brother or my sister. Um, and so, you know, I think that's where we have to help um, society and help men in society get to white, black, yellow, um, all of them. You know, we got to get to the place where we can come to a space where we say, who I am is who I am, and I accept me for me. And that does not have to be, uh, it, it doesn't have to be stigmatized based on what this, the world expects of me. And that will make me a better brother. That will make me serve my neighbor a lot better because I'm comfortable in who I am. You said something right there, man, just the, the way that um, society really all, all throughout time has defined what masculinity is. And as you know, as you're younger, you kind of end up buying into it a lot. And then, especially in this day and age, you get older and you just start realizing like, what, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Like, <laughs> that's real. Mm-hmm. Like what, why do I, why do I have to be working you know 40 50 60 hours a week and then also have a side like have a side hustle like how am i supposed to then be managing my life <laughs> like how am i supposed <laughs> to do that like how how can i be available for myself let alone anybody else if i'm like grinding constantly like like yeah. what where are we <laughs> where did we get that from I'm not sure where we where we got it from <laughs> but you're absolutely right it's like we are putting there's way too much pressure on our young men especially older men as well too but the young men especially to get a nine to five then have a side hustle and then have their own business yeah and then also have a bunch of women and then you know if you got a bunch of women you probably got a bunch of kids and, you know, you got to take care of your kids. And it's like, man, it's only then 24. Then you got to take people on uh, $200 dates. Yeah, right. It's right. twenty. It's 24 <laughs> can't, can't hours date. in the can't day. can't even date in this yeah. day and age because of it. You know, it's, it's I, I think the word for it is the, it's the personification of manhood, right? I think that's really what it is. It's like what it looks like versus what it is are two different things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, culture and society have set it up to be it's supposed to look like this. So if, you know, um, and I'm not knocking athletes or professional artists or any of those dudes, they, you know, they, they come by what they come by due to their talents. And and so God bless all of them. That's cool. But if it doesn't look like that, if I'm not able to, you know, ride in the flyest whip, I I don't even know if they say flyest anymore. I'm really confusing myself. (laughs) I'm not sure they say whip either. (laughs) Uh, well, you know, whatever it is like, you know, money, cars, you know, they're not talking about houses anymore. It's just money and cars and then women um, and then having uh, having having a following, you know, 
And so the personification of what uh, masculinity is really has a detrimental effect on true brotherhood and fellowship with other people because, you know, people just aren't genuinely men. uh, Some men aren't genuinely being themselves Mm -hmm. in the circumstance. Oftentimes they're being what they think they're supposed to be. Now, would you say that that means that men aren't holding other men accountable? Hmm. Well, how or do they, they not even know what they're holding each other each other accountable for? Because That's, you'll yeah. have a you'll have a group of young men, and they're all doing that. They all you know uh, hustling, they grinding, and they you know they partying together, and they thinking that they tight, they brothers, they hold each other down. So as far as they're concerned, you know, they're exercising great brotherhood. But are they really? You know what? Honestly, I wouldn't say that they're not, depending on their stage right. in life. Exactly. That's the kicker. Right I wouldn't there. say that they're not. I would I would say, like we talked about it in previous podcasts, Joe, how we would we would hang out. Like we would chill and party and, and just be cool and go do stuff as a, as a, as a unit, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a unit, as a unit. Um, but we would also be there for each other. You know what I mean? And we weren't in a point in life where we needed, where we needed to grind any at all, um, except for moving forward in life. But I think that you can at a certain stage, um, do all the things that you just said and, and keep each other, grounded mm. that's what when i think of when i've really if i'm going to say reliability and accountability and all that just keeping each other grounded and focused on what it is that we're trying to do so if y'all are all doing the same thing and folks are all doing the same thing and just trying to achieve the a similar goal and that you know whatever that goal might be and y'all are doing it together like hey man and picking picking me up when i need you to and right. pulling me down when i need you to like yes I would say that they are holding, hold, being good brothers, showing each other good brotherhood um, in, in that sense. Um, but the moment it turns from uh, trying to help each other be responsible to helping each other be irresponsible, uh. I think that you are no longer being a good brother. Like on a certain level, Joe, I need you to make sure that um, I am being, res- being a responsible father, a responsible a husband, a responsible brother, a responsible employee and employer. Like I need, I might need you to do that. Right. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that if like, I don't need, I, I don't know your boy, uh, I call, <laughs> I'll just call him LeBron and all his people. <laughs> like they grew up together and they've succeeded together. And yep. um, what they're doing together is actually pretty remarkable. If you think about it, uh, the impact they're making on the on the NBA community, um, and in the in the community in general, frankly, but uh, like they did their thing differently than we did our thing. Yeah, but they did it together, and we did we we're doing our thing together, and that's I think that's what uh, when I'm looking at a brother, I'm looking at that at that. Like, are you are we uh, kind of are we like minded? Okay. Are we going to make sure that we are being responsible together? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. 
Because what I was getting at is that maybe um, accountability and brotherhood and reliability looks different depending on what stage of life you're in. Yeah. That's why I asked it like that, because it's like, while we all in college, you know, we are holding each other accountable. Maybe it's, that could look like, um, hey, man, did you go to class today? Mm-hmm. You know, right. hey, man, did you, uh, how'd you do on that test? You know, didn't you say you had a paper mm-hmm. due tomorrow? Why are you up talking to me? Did right you now? knock that out? You know, <laughs> did you knock out that paper that you were supposed to write? Oh, man, I forgot all about that paper. You know, mm-hmm. or when you get older, that could be, you know, something as simple as, hey, man, your anniversary coming up. What you get her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't getting nothing yet, man. Oh, God. Okay. What's she like? Right. Let's problem solve. <laughs> you know, I'm saying, yeah, That's yeah. I, you know, I've had conversations like that with uh my friends and whatnot, and they, you know, helped me with gifts before, you know, and because you know, people are at different stages of their marriage. Some mm-hmm. of my friends have bought great gifts in the past, and now they are out of ideas. <laughs> Some of my friends are new to the marriage thing, and they're like, okay. What does this look like? Like, what is a good gift for my new wife? Like, yeah, I've gotten her stuff in the past, you know, but I this is different now. Mm-hmm. The gifts change, you know, once you get married. So they're trying to figure out, okay, like, what is this a good gift for my wife? Like, this would have been a good gift for my girlfriend, but if I don't, mm-hmm. I, this mm-hmm. is different now. So what, you know, so it's, it's different levels of accountability, you know, depending on what stages you are in, in life. And it's not all about, you know, hey, telling your brother when he's wrong but it's also yeah. like hey you get your oil changed yeah. <laughs> you know like you said helping you know helping yeah. each other be responsible like oh man, man you're trying like, to book a vacation man it's, you know you putting a little money away in your savings just in case yeah. you know a rainy day fund you know that engine like sounding that. a little raggedy bro yeah man, yeah man you know i got a guy you yeah know, we all got a guy you know i got a, guy. got a guy i know somebody i got a guy He'll, he'll fix you right up, man. He'll yeah. get your car straight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, I think, again, it's, it's the, that's the definition of what, in my mind, brotherhood looks like. And it's, it's again, it's, it's that coming alongside. It's that, it's that partnership. But it's, it's deeper than just some type of material connection it's it's deeper than that there's some there's even some emotion in that look i'm i am again i, I told you this before so now i'm beating a dead horse uh, i'm 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 sensitive so when something hurts me i cry and i i need to have i need to have people with me that aren't gonna look at me and be like this i almost said the n-word this dude is crying why is he crying <laughs> but you know what but you know what else your brother know that right yeah. exactly and exactly. you know, that's brother literally and brother, you know, figuratively somebody that you met 10 years ago and y'all type like that, exactly. you know, like they know, they also know how to handle you. I think that's also about being a reliable and accountable and, you know, in brotherhood that we might not have touched on all the way yet. You know, your real brother, your real brothers know, like what you say, trigger, you know, they know yeah. what the triggers are. They know how to handle you and you know how to handle them as well. Yeah. Like we all know how to pause, play with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we know some things are completely on limits green light mm-hmm. some things are off limits completely 
to the point but, where. But even when we if cross it comes that up, line. if it comes up after that, you know, with somebody else, your brother will say something to them before you right. will. Yeah. Right. Hey, 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 we don't do that. You know, right. we don't we don't play like that over here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but, and I, I was going to say, even if, even when we cross that line, sometimes we'll be like, oh, OK. And we'll hit him with the hashtag too soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, my bad. Or <laughs> it was not funny. Not it would have been too soon. really like, funny hey, three weeks. You know what? Me. I was wild. I was yeah. wild. I didn't even mean it like that. I was wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but exactly. So here, help here. Here's here's the question. When when it comes to the demonstration of this, how do we take what we know to be the thing again, basing it on various stages of our um, our journey in our life? How do we take what we know to be the thing and how do we help some of these brothers or how do we demonstrate to some of these brothers that may be missing what it looks like to be a, um, a you know a, a just a good brother in general with their community and with their 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 environment how do we help them you know maybe move in that direction i mean i know it's a lot about self-will and desire and seeing that there may need to be a change but you know if one volunteers for such besides demonstration what do we do i think if someone i, I think we have to be very attuned to our surroundings and to our uh, circumstances. And, you know, the Lord oftentimes, I told y'all that I told y'all on a previous podcast that the Lord has put me in people's lives so they can impact me positively. But there's occasion where they, he will put people in our lives so we can impact them positively. Um, And I think we have to be attuned to that quite a bit. And I, um, I have learned or I've, I have become more aware that um, with, I, I, this is going to sound more braggadocious than I intended, I intended to be, but I am aware that um, my situation, my circumstances that I am, I am unique in the sense that in the state of Indiana, I can count on two fingers, the number of black male OBGYNs that I know of. And I'm not sure. Yep. Yep, you you included in that two yes, figures, that's, right? Yes, that's correct. That means there's one <laughs> other one than you. That I am aware of. And I did, long, um, I did a new math. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, and so that just to, as an example of how unique that is. Uh, and that is a story to tell. Like there is a, a young man that actually reached out to, to ask me about my story. <laughs> like, well, you reached out for a different reason, but then he ended up saying, well, what's your story? Like, where, how did you get to where you are? And then in, in times past, I would have been like, man, I don't have, I don't have time to tell you that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing stuff, you know, and I have learned that that's, it's not right. It's not fair um, to then expect, you know, if someone's looking to us for an example of success, whatever that might look like. Yeah. Um, it is our, frankly, our responsibility to share that story with them. And so if someone did say like, hey, man, I, I've noticed that, man, you've got these people around you that you're referring to as your brothers, but they don't, I've noticed that they're not, you know, y'all don't really even look alike. <laughs> y'all don't have the same mama. Right. Like how, what is, what is this thing y'all are calling brotherhood? 
Um, and I don't think anybody will ever ask that directly, but how did you get to where you are? And frankly, I wouldn't be where I was without my biological brothers and without y'all that I call brothers. Um, it, it would be impossible to be where I am. And so I think if we are paying attention, uh, we can be more intentional, Jeff, to answer your question. We can be more intentional about saying, hey, this is what this is my story. But then also, I mean, that's where kind of a mentorship relationship can develop with our younger generation, um, especially you, Jonas, being the dad of the block. Yeah, uh, like that's just going to naturally come up and come out like they're going to see you as a, as a mentor in one way or another. Somebody didn't know how to change the bike chain before you did. Yeah. Or you changed it for them. And that's just to as just to say the same thing can be said and done in displaying and um, allowing what we have as brothers to be replicated. I think it's a matter of making making the time. Like you said, you may not have felt like talking to him at that point. But even if you would have said, I know I ain't got a whole lot of time for that right now, but Let's 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 get together soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just in in and take a couple minutes in, or you know, I, I'll carve out an hour, you know, two hours for you, and we can sit and I'll chop it up with you all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, a lot of times uh, we don't even do that. You know, when what one of the things I'm always thinking about um, nowadays, especially like when I'm talking to playing with the kids outside and all of that, is uh, somebody made time for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I have to at least make a little bit of time for, you know, not only not not only my kids, but other kids, mm-hmm. because some, you know, everybody ain't got somebody that's making a little bit of time for them. Like you said, he was bold enough to ask you, you know, for if you would have dismissed him, one, we don't know when he's going to get this opportunity again to mm-hmm. ask somebody like that in your field. There's only two of you. <laughs> you know right. it, it's only two of y'all right there and then two let's say he comes up he actually meets the other one or he moves another state and meets another one now he ain't got the courage to ask no more right because you know he asked one and he turned him down so now he's thinking well you know if i know i know he probably gonna be the same way or she mm-hmm. you know they probably gonna dismiss me too so mm-hmm. yeah when they do find a time when it's somebody younger than you or it's a peer, you know, to ask you a couple questions. I think that's part of being a good brother too, is that even if you don't have the time right then and there, at least, you know, meet, match their effort, you know, just match their effort and, you know, help them learn a little something or throw a football or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, just match the effort, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. good stuff. That's good stuff. Match the effort. Um, I guess the only other one, the only other thought that comes to mind, I remember when growing up and, and my house was the youth house, basically. My dad was basically New Era Church in Indianapolis's first youth and children's pastor, undesignated. It wasn't a designated title that he had, but he was basically that. Um, and so like he didn't have a problem you know, stepping in to give that 
insight and feedback when it wasn't actually requested. Obviously, we were all at his house. So, I mean, we got to listen. And my dad was a big dude. If you know Anthony's dad, then you know about the same size and about the same look yeah. <laughs> as they are. <laughs> so, you know, you he but even in the community, I would watch how my dad would interact with other men and other young um, other young men and other men in general um, as a kind of a character and a posture that he carried um, that would basically, you know, when someone was in the wrong, he would he knew how to approach it. He knew how to go to those folks and say, yo, this isn't cool. We need to do something different. Um, and I think that's probably pretty scary these days for some people to do because there is so much, so much uncertainty on how someone's going to receive you. Um, and you just don't know what it's going to come to. So I, I feel like there's a lot of brothers that see stuff going on that don't say things, want to be a good brother, but can't because if like, man, if I, if I, if I get myself into this circumstance or situation, I mean, no, no telling what could happen. Happen. Mm -hmm. um, but how do, how do we try to get back to that space and time where we can be the good community brothers where we're saying to the ones like, yo, these are things that we should work away from. And how do we encourage these young men to, to see some of us elders? And, and, I, and I call us elders now. We've got a pre-40, we got a 40, you know, we're all right there. And so, you know, how do we encourage these brothers to, to get there? Um, and, and to accept that, you know, as you know, I'm not coming to you trying to cut you off, I'm not trying to cut you off with the legs, I'm not trying to disrespect you, none of that. But there's a different way. There's a better way when we do see the need to interject, you know, some positivity into a situation that's not moving that direction. Well, we got to be courageous ourselves first. Mm -hmm. um, if we are, well, we know that accidents happen every day. But if we claim to be protected by God, then how do we not walk with that courage every day? It's a matter of, hey, man, quit cursing in front of these women. Yeah. You know, like, I know, I, you know, I, like I see you, but, you know, like, hey, man, just, just chill out a little bit. It's a respectful way to approach every situation. And usually when men, real men are confronted by other real men, yes, there is a chance of that becoming confrontational. But actually, more often times than not, it won't. You know, there's a couple of bad situations that happen a lot. But, you know, with young men, man, I, I got a couple of stories, recent stories. But then they weren't grown men, but just like high school and middle school children that I've had to mm -hmm. confront. And when I tell you, um, they were super receptive. Mm. Like it kind of starts there. Like they respect men when you approach them with respect and not just be barking orders and trying to be intimidating. They don't, of course, they're not going to respond well to that because they see what that is. You know, they, they see through that. Mm -hmm. But when you approach them in a respectful manner, they get it. So, but you got to be, you got to have a certain amount of bravery and courage in yourself first. And I think that's what's going on. I'll tell you one of these stories real quick. I went with my son and, you know, where the whole family went, but we were sitting in a different area. Uh, my son wanted to sit closer to the students. We were at the first, uh, no, the second home game for the football team here. And uh, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but my son goes to the, the same high school from Remember the Titans. Oh, okay. 
Nice. And uh, when I tell you, well, I'm, I'm about to get on a little tangent, but I'll bring it back around. This football field was immaculate. I'm going to try out for the team next year. It was, <laughs> oh, my, it's gorgeous. You talk about Friday night lights, man. This field was, whew. Anyway, okay, I'm back. Um, <laughs> Welcome. So we're sitting in the stands, and, you know, we are stomping this other school. It was like 30, at this point, it was like 30-something to seven. And, you know, the team scored, everybody stood up and cheered and everybody sat down, except for this group of kids in front of us. It was probably about seven of them. They just kept standing. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing parents, they're like diagonal to me, but lower than me. So they kind of blocking my view too, but they're directly mm-hmm. blocking the view of all these other people, but none of them are saying anything mm-hmm. because they scared mm-hmm. to say something to these young men. And it was like a couple of girls sprinkled in their crew too. And they're just scared, but they're making gestures. Oh, they're putting their arms out. They're kind of huffing their breath. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, if you're going to do all that, just say something to them. You know, but I looked at them and then I looked at the kids in their way and I reach over and I tap one. I say, hey, all these people here trying to see me. I need y'all to sit down. They said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. And then they look at all the people behind them they're oh whoa we're so sorry and you know they tapped the rest of them and they Mm -hmm. all sat down and we ain't have that problem again now they all leaned over to me and said thank you thank you but some of them are older than me and then some of them are men that are older Mm -hmm. than me you know i'm talking about full gray beards and you know they probably at least 50 you know i'm 40 and they 45s you know they're looking like they're about 45 46 you know but i'm but the whole time i'm thinking why I'm the only one that got to say something. Mm-hmm. It's a way to talk to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, but don't think that, yeah, we had a football game. They ain't going to do nothing to nobody here. Like they ain't going to do nothing to y'all. Just a quick, Hey, you know, we're trying to see our kid on the field, mm-hmm. you know, just say something. I'll give you another story. This one's funnier. <laughs> okay. I'm taking my boys to school. I drive past the middle school bus stop. You know, they waiting on the bus. As I'm driving past, one of them is kind of lingering. And like, he's not on the sidewalk. And he's down the curb. He's like right next to the curb in the street. Mm. I see his hand fling like something. He like he flung something out of his hand towards my truck. I look at my rear view mirror. I see like a flattened pop can bounce off my truck. Mm. I hit the brakes. Yeah. Skirt! I'm not just making that noise like a rapper. I'm, I, my brakes really skirt. <laughs> I put it in reverse. They scattered. <laughs> All of them. It was like only two of them left that chose to hide behind a van. They took off in every direction. I know which one did it. Mm-hmm. Right. The two behind the van, I tell them, I was like, hey, tell your little friend, stop throwing stuff at people's cars. I see y'all. They behind the van peeking up, you know, through the window <laughs> looking at me now. And then I then I go take my boys to school. Right. So I go home joking about it with the wife. The next morning, my wife is saying, OK, I'm going to take Austin to school. So all you got to do is take Jace to school. I'm almost ready. So by the time you come back with Jace, you know, he's the younger one. I'll be ready to walk out the door at Austin. Now, yesterday I had to take both boys. So. When I came back home, they're gone. They're on the bus. They're on their way to school. Now I only got to take one kid to school. He has to be at school earlier than them. 
<laughs> so now I can circle back. <laughs> and they're going to still be there. Mm-hmm. So as I'm pulling past with my son, with my youngest, my youngest son, that is, I pull up. All the kids ain't out there yet. It's only a couple of them, like maybe three or four. I pull up. I'm getting ready to curse. So, you know, this is an authentic conversation. <laughs> I say, where your little friend at that was throwing shit at my truck? <laughs> Sometimes I will use profanity with children so that they know how serious I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he ain't here yet. He ain't here yet. One of them came up to me and said, I got his number. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> telling, just telling. They middle school, you know, they don't know no better. I said, yeah, I know when y'all know exactly what he looked like, okay? I was like, y'all be cool, and y'all have a good day at school today, right? Now, as I'm pulling off, I can see him way down the block. He on his way to the bus stop, right? I drive a blue, a bright blue FJ Cruiser. You can't miss my truck, so I know everybody, they see me, right? So I drop my (laughs) son off. I come on back, pull right up to him. He's sitting right out in the front. I say, you throwing shit at people's cars today? (laughs) <laughs> it froze he just i mean eyes as big as can be i said come here all the rest of them oh they backing up they doing all type of crazy i said come here man i said man you know how bad this can go i said i don't want to see nothing happen to you man mm-hmm. oh i didn't mean to uh i said look stop look i saw you when you did it there's no need to even go through all of this I said, look, I don't want to see nothing happen to you, man. Why would you throw something at somebody's truck? Y'all see drive past y'all every morning. You got to wait for the bus here. You have Mm -hmm. to be here every morning. Y'all see me every morning. That means I live close. If you at this bus stop, all of us live close. Why would you throw something at somebody's truck? And then just to have to run, like, I was like, man, as fast as y'all are, y'all should be on the track team. (laughs) Everybody at the bus stop (laughs) cracking up. I said, man, look, man, this could go real bad. And I don't want to see nothing happen to y'all out here. But what if I had hopped out and did something crazy? I was like, it doesn't make any sense for you to be throwing stuff out here in the street. And it might even accidentally hit somebody's car. Mm -hmm. Everybody over here, y'all got to see these people every day. I drive past y'all every day. I was like, all my kids go to these schools. I was like, man, y'all got to chill out. All right. He's like, all right, man, I'm sorry. You know, he's okay. I mean, super receptive. Everybody over there was receptive. I said, all right, what's y'all name? Everybody deck me up, man. Y'all be cool. Y'all have a great day at school, man. Just chill out. All right. He's like, all right, cool. All right. You know, like they, all right, cool. All right. Y'all have a good one. And I Mm -hmm. went on back home, but I'm sure he going to take that with him forever. Oh, yeah. Are you going to be (laughs) or not? Yeah, but I'm I'm 40 years old and I'm just, I'm just not going to be. Uh, scared to confront some kids. Yeah, because well, I'm not going to confront them like we finna fight. Yeah, I'll confront them as a man talking to children. Yeah, you know I'm not. Oh, uh, hey y'all, what y'all doing? I'll I'll bust you in your face. No, man, I'm gonna talk something real to you. Yeah. It's just a matter, of, and you know you can do that with other grown men too, as long as you're doing it respectfully. Exactly, and that's you the know, key. You ain't got to make. You ain't got to make no scene about it. Even exactly. if you got another grown man out here doing something crazy, you can pull him to the side. Hey, man. Hey, sh- hey yo, man. What you- hey, chill, man. Somebody yeah. call the cops on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you come to somebody about, a, you know, something real from a real place, more often times than not, you're going to be received with some respect. Yeah. Unless, hey. there's, uh, unless there's alcohol involved. Like, you know, I wouldn't advise this at no bar. 
Mm-mm. Let me put the disclaimer <laughs> out there. Bars and nightclubs, this is a completely different conversation. But I'm just talking about just out in the world on a regular day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Well, even then, you can still be, uh, you can still approach somebody in a respectful manner. Like, hey, man, you're getting out of control. And then, you know, if it escalates, like, I think as as adult males, we should be able to de-escalate any situation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're uh, if you're naturally funny or naturally uh, not funny, like you can present your 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 argument, you can present your uh, your statement, whatever it is that you have to say to somebody, you can de-escalate the situation appropriately. Yeah. If you're so inclined to do so, like if that's your desire, it's gonna happen. Like if your idea though is to go in and escalate the situation, like like you said, Joe, with those kids, mm-hmm. you could have escalated it immediately. You could have hopped exactly. out the car. You could have hopped out the car um, the, when the car hit. Yep. And, I mean, I know you forty, but you probably could catch one of them. Oh, I think he was a. Uh, he had some weight on him. He wasn't yeah. going nowhere. So you could have called him. I could have so, called all of them. And you know, <laughs> I would have been in the bed the rest of the day. That's the difference. They would have been knee. in school just fine. Caught their breath after that. I'm done. <laughs> that knee, that knee would have started talking to you. Ooh. But you could have, you could have approached that situation completely differently, and it could have turned out a lot worse. Um, and that, right. Jeff, to answer your question, is the way to do it. Like you, you see, sometimes, frankly, a lot of these young folks um, just need to know that somebody cares that somebody is looking out for them that somebody is watching them. Yeah. Um, and when they don't see that, why would I change what I'm doing? If I can get away with it, um, why would I be better if I don't have to be better? Like that's the way of the world now. Why do something different if what's working, what I'm doing is working for me and I'm able to be um, what I think I am or what people want me to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Because so, oftentimes they don't know that it's not working for them. <laughs> they don't. Because in the moment, like my man was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Right? He he was just trying to be funny for his friends. Maybe he uh maybe he wants to be more popular. Maybe he is the popular guy. But little mm-hmm. man was just trying to be funny. Yep. Like he genuinely probably wasn't trying to hurt nobody. Like a, a yeah crushed crushed pop can that ain't gonna hurt nobody. They ain't gonna do nothing. Um but who you know obviously he was in the wrong and he knew that which is why they ran in the first place um but the way that you approach them as you pointed out um could very well have changed his life forever and uh jeff that's how we do it man that's how is approach them appropriately jeff jonas you said it you said it best man approach them with respect like you don't you can't approach a 12 year old the same way that you can approach a 40 year old and i'm not gonna approach y'all the way i approach my elders, even right. if they're wrong. Um, but you have to be willing to do that and um, and show them the brotherly love that the Bible talks about. Like that, that is what brotherly love is. Being there, showing them that you are seeing, that you see them, that they are seen, and that they're known. Like you didn't have to say, what's your name? You didn't have to dap them up and you didn't have to wish them well in school that day you mm-hmm. could have very well said i caught you curse him out like you did and then bounced <laughs> like I you mean, could have done that but you didn't yeah. but you didn't but you didn't you saw that they these kids have potential and i think if we see people 
as people, as you pointed out earlier too, man, if you see people as people, just as another human being, you treat them again, going back to the Bible, the golden rule, we all know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Someone reached out to you when you were younger, you reaching out to these young people, Jeff, you had people in your life that were mentoring you, uh, both your father and outside of your father. I had the same thing. Uh, older, older, uh, my, my brother's friends looking out, making sure I didn't do nothing crazy. You know, it's, we just have to continue that. It could be challenging in this day and age. It could be challenging because the world is so distant, like social distancing became a thing, but we are already distant socially. Uh, that was a bar. Isn't it? <laughs> because of the, the way the, the way the world is now, like, we're on social media so much that people think that's what's real. Yeah. And it's not. And that makes it harder to actually have relationship with people. You got all these followers, as you always pointing out earlier, you got all these followers and no friends, no family, no real friends. Right. You call them friends on Facebook, but how many of these 500 people do you actually talk to on a daily basis? These thousands, these millions of people. Giving you all this attention, liking everything that you post. Hey, no, they just nosy. That's all it is. <laughs> so that's that would be that's the way you approach it. As you uh, to answer again, to answer your question, Jeff. You just approach it with a respectful manner, like Jonas was saying. And you just got to be willing to let people know, like, hey, man, I do see you. You are known to people. Like you are not out here. Uh, like the the attention, the way to get attention is not that way. Exactly. I think that's a good point to wrap it up on, gentlemen. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. We appreciate y'all, each and every one of y'all that's been listening. We thank you. This is episode number three, the Brotherhood yep. episode of the Refresh Podcast with Jonas, Anthony, and yep. Jeff. Thank hey. you, y'all. Thank y'all so right. much. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to check us out if you like what you're hearing, or if you don't, tell them to check it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They might, like guys. they might like they it like you it. don't like it who knows but yeah man uh give us a review <laughs> wherever you listen to this at uh give us a rating subscribe subscribe follow us all that good stuff uh jeff do you got the email and the social media handles and all of that absolutely it's all the right. refresh podcast on facebook it's the refresh podcast on instagram it's the refresh podcast on twitter and it's the refresh podcast at write me w-r-i-t-e me dot oh man see now i was doing so good you were you were man you was on a roll so good i wasn't ready from the logo so close yeah i know exactly exactly let me bring it up again it's at writeme.com that's the <laughs> refresh podcast at writeme w-r-i-t-e-m-e.com you forgot dot com <laughs> i was sitting there thinking, i wasn't like, sure it must if it was dot me yeah i was like it must be dot net or something dot <laughs> <laughs> org dot edu <laughs> i forgot I thought it was right dot me my bad hey you know what dot tv <laughs> we are being bad brothers right now actually to me to me this is good brotherhood right here i don't know but, uh, i'm making jonas laugh that's good brotherhood <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man. Send us an email with show suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff, man. Uh, and we just appreciate y'all listening, man. We thank, thank want you. y'all to be safe. And uh, until our next communication, until our next podcast, man, we gonna um, we gonna holler at y'all. Peace out. Peace.